Thank you so much for joining us today and listening to a PCF podcast. We believe listening to the Word of God will change your life. God bless you as you continue listening to this podcast. Well, last week I was on the, the phone to my mum. I call her regularly. And after we'd finished, Kia asked me, what, what was that about? What's the news? What's the update? So I told her somebody's had a baby and my mum's checkup was fine. That was about it. And she couldn't believe it. She said, well, you've been on the phone 30 minutes. And she says this every time. She said, it's just the briefest details. And she thinks it's a, it's a man thing. Well, interestingly, um, the PCF men's WhatsApp group have been looking at Luke's gospel. And we've noticed that he's quite economic with the word. Sometimes we just get the bare bones. And a good example is today's scripture, when we're going to look at the story of Jesus meeting Zacchaeus. So if you're following me, it's Luke uh, chapter 19. Starting at verse one, so Jesus entered Jericho. He's just been to. He's just been on the way there. He's healed blind Bartimaeus, and then he starts to enter Jericho and he starts passing through it. And a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus, and he was a chief tax collector, and he was wealthy. Oh, the two things go together. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he couldn't because of the crowd. So he ran ahead, climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So Zacchaeus comes down at once, welcomes Jesus gladly. The word there means to welcome somebody under your roof and give them hospitality like a guest. So all the people saw this and began to mutter, he's going to be the guest of a sinner. But you know, friends, something happened when he was in the house because Zacchaeus stood up And said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. If I've cheated anybody out of anything, I'll pay back four times the amount. So what's captured my imagination there is Luke records nothing of the detail of the conversation in the house. We're not told where the house was, what sort of house it was, how long Jesus was in it. He was certainly in it some time, but we're not told any of it. All we know is that afterwards something had changed. Something had changed while Jesus was in his house. Some transformation was taking place. And that's great because we are in this series called Transformed Lives. Now, to understand this particular scripture, you need to understand a bit about the tax collection system in those days. The the Romans had a huge empire over the whole known world at the time. And it cost a lot of money to fund it. So they assessed an area for a certain amount of tax and they sold the franchise to the highest bidder. And the successful franchisee had to collect enough tax to pay the Roman assessment. He had to recoup what he'd invested in it to buy the franchise. And he also had to provide an income for himself going on. It was legal, but some people did abuse the system. There was actually three main centres in land, if you're interested, Capernaum, Jericho and Jerusalem. He had the Jericho franchise, did Zacchaeus, and he would be very unpopular. Firstly, the tax was enormous. Secondly, he's working with the Romans. They're the occupiers of this, uh, this nation. So he's regarded as a traitor, a collaborator. And thirdly, a lot of these tax collectors were excessive. They put huge burdens on top of the tax that was due and they got very rich off the backs of the people. And you'll have noticed in the Bible the phrase tax collectors and sinners kind of goes together several times. We see it in verse 7 
And it was one of the occupations, tax collection was one of the occupations officially described by the Jewish religion as despised. It was despised. If one of them came into your house, your house became ceremonially unclean. So Zacchaeus and people like him were outcasts of society, shunned, marginalised, outside of a community, outside of God. And that's where Jesus came. So let's look at the characters. Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem for the final week of his life. Now think about this. He's stopped by the blind man outside the town. The other Gospels tell us this was Bartimaeus. He heals him. The crowds gather. They all follow him as he comes into town. And suddenly he stops again. He notices a man in a tree. And he, he calls him by name, this rich wee man. He says, Zacchaeus. And just notice as we go that he, he took the time to actually call him by name. He honours him too. He invited himself into Zacchaeus' house. Culturally, that would mean um, honour. It would mean acceptance. It would mean fellowship. And that, would, that shocked the bystanders. They were shocked that Jesus would actually even talk to this guy, give him the time of day. But to enter his house, that was unbelievable. But by the story's end, Jesus is affirming Zacchaeus publicly. He's calling him a son of Abraham. He's, he's actually affirming him as one of God's people. And uh, that's just an amazing transformation again. Zacchaeus himself, Luke tells us, he was short, he was wealthy, very wealthy, rich, and he was a tax collector. Even worse, he was a chief tax collector. So he would have a network of collectors reporting to him, so he'd be hated even more. And all Luke tells us is that somehow he's heard of Jesus, he wants to see Jesus, and he takes a risk because going out in public, he could um, be attacked, he could be insulted, he could be spotted, he could be abused, whatever. The problem was, of course, being small, he couldn't see, so he climbed the tree. We don't know whether he was curious or desperate or whether God was calling him. But in any event, there was an encounter. There was an encounter. Zacchaeus just wanted to see, but Jesus had other ideas. I would imagine that when Jesus stopped, it's likely that Zacchaeus thought he would get a rollicking. He'd get a public shaming. He'd get words of um, derision or, or, or something. But, you know, I guess Jesus maybe had a, a twinkle in his eye or a look of love or, or something because Zacchaeus jumped at Jesus' offer when Jesus said, I've got to come to your house. And it says Zacchaeus came quickly and he took Jesus into his house. He took Jesus into his life, effectively. And, you know, when Jesus is in his house, somehow he gets into his heart as well. And Zacchaeus is convicted and he makes a generous offer in verse 8 and he backs up this offer by standing up and saying it publicly. That's a transformed life. All this talk about Jesus coming into his house got me thinking about another place in the Bible where Jesus wants to come in. I'm talking about Revelation uh, chapter 3 and verse 20 and he says, look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I'll come in. We'll share a meal together as friends. That was to Christians. Jesus wants to come in and fellowship with you. So I think we can safely assume Jesus wants to be in our lives. And I hope you can agree with me there because I'm going to come back to this point later.
Let me give you a couple of um, thoughts, kind of interesting things I thought uh, on Passover before we get to the applications. Verse 10 sums up what this is all about. Jesus kind of explaining and demonstrating why he came. He says, I have come to seek and save the lost. He's come to bring transformed life. And also note how he he interrupts his journeys time and again. The woman with the issue of blood touches his hem. He stops. The blind man calls to him. He stops. He sees the case in his tree. He stops. Now look, we, we live very busy lives. Often we feel there's not enough time. But here's Jesus on his way to Jerusalem for the last week of his life. He's about to suffer and die horribly. I guess he'd need to put a lot of thought, a lot of mental, emotional preparation in before, a lot of prayer to to build himself up. Yet, he keeps stopping. He stopped for Bartimaeus and now he takes time out for Zacchaeus. I'm not very good with interruptions. I'm a person of focus and I like to get things done that way. But this really is a wake-up call. So the question is, who can you give your gift of time to? How do you handle interruptions? Another interesting thing I just picked up and I'll share is the immediacy of Zacharias' response, or Zacchaeus' response. He says, here and now. So sometimes people are stirred about something and make a promise to God. You know, we've all been there. You make this promise to God, but when the music fades, so does your commitment. Zacchaeus says, here and now, I'm going to do this. And then he stands up and makes it public. He makes himself accountable. That's a real sign of a transformed life because accountability is so powerful, isn't it? The immediate response. Another, the last interesting thing I just want to share with you is this thing about generosity. It's a kingdom characteristic. Most Christians give their lives, serve, pray, give. We do all that kind of stuff. But for some people, it's more like a hobby. They go with minimal commitment. They'll do something, they'll get involved, as long as it doesn't cost them much by way of time or effort or money. But you know, when you're generous, it's a sure sign that Jesus is active in your life. And in Zacchaeus' case, the law required restitution of 100% of what you'd taken plus 20% interest. So so he's supposed to give 120% if he was going to make this right. He offers 400%, four times. Plus, he wants to give half his possessions away to the poor. This is way beyond the minimum. This is way beyond reasonable. This is just extravagant, incredible love. This is surely a transformed life. So having said that, the question then is, what what can we learn? How can we apply ourselves to become more like Jesus and demonstrate this transformed life. Well, I'm going to give you, give you three things on this. One is, um, it, how can I explain this? Being seen and acknowledged by Jesus was the trigger for Z- Z- Zacchaeus' response, wasn't it? Being seen and acknowledged. And why? That's because Jesus met three of mankind's greatest needs, which Zacchaeus had, which we all have. The need for significance, because Jesus noticed him. He called him by name. The need for acceptance. Jesus went into his house, prepared to fellowship with him, to tell him that he was accepted. 
And then belonging, Jesus declares him to be a son of Abraham, one of God's people, not outsider. He's actually in. And this noticing people is so important, honouring people. I remember when Kia's dad died, um, our local MP sent a, a handwritten letter to Kia's mum. Um, her dad had been a parish councillor over in Alderley Edge. And this letter was a full A4 sheet. And it wasn't something some typist or secretary had typed up and he'd written. He wrote the whole thing in his fountain pen, in his own hand. And that touched me. I thought that was important. And I know he's a politician and they do that kind of thing. But nonetheless, that was important. The same guy, it's Sir Nicholas Winterton, um, he did some daft things and some people don't like him, but but I, I honour that. And I, I remember that um, he uh, he came to PCF to, to a function, he came more than once actually to different things and uh, seemed to enjoy it. And um, I remember six months after he'd been to our place, uh, I was at an event in Bollington somewhere, and suddenly this voice comes across from the other side of the field, Andrew, Andrew, how are you? And people were just looking like that, but he remembered my name. That's important. It was worse for Zacchaeus than it was for me. And there's another time at the um, Civic Hall in Point, and I was there to collect a Civic Award um, that was for Chris Norbury, but she was on holiday. So I, I took it on her behalf. I was able to share the gospel. And we had M the MP, the council, all the other ministers there. And then when he did his talk, at the end of it, just suddenly he just threw in this. He, he said, and by the way, if you want a decent church to go to, go to this man's church. It's a great church. I've been there. You will love it. It's great. And we had that public affirmation. I, I felt quite embarrassed because the other ministers are all there too. But that, that's what he did. He endorsed us. Um, and we need that. We need that. What am I saying? I'm saying notice other people. Take time to notice and encourage people. It could be the waitress clearing your table. It could be a passerby looking miserable. It could be the fringe person nobody speaks to. Try and get people's names and remember them. It makes all the difference. Be like Jesus. Notice people. That's a sign of a transformed life. That's the first application today. The second one is this. When Jesus speaks or knocks or wants in, move quickly. Because he wants relationship. He wants daily interaction. He wants to be in your house, in your heart, in your life, as well as Zacchaeus. Now, Christianity is not just about trusting God for eternal life when you die. It's actually trusting him for the here and now. It's actually trusting him for daily life. He wants to be involved in it. And you know, the sad truth is that many Christians do the first bit, but not the second. They're fine with the eternal life bit, but the daily life bit, they're just not doing. And I believe that's why in Revelation 3.20, which I, I mentioned earlier, in a letter to a church, a letter to Christians, Jesus says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. I stand at the entrance and knock. And if you'll let me in, I will come in and fellowship with you. That's so important. Keith Hershey, Mutual Faith Ministries, we've been supporting them. Remember the Beirut bombing? That's where we're helping there. He says, he, he puts it this way. He says, take time every day 
to be loved by him. Take time every day to be loved by him. I want to say this morning, if you want a, a transformed life, let him into your house. Let him into your heart. Let him into your life. Just open up and let him in because that's what he wants. And that's the key to living this transformed life. And the third point, the third application goes on from that. When, you, when people become Christians or you, you meet somebody else who, who's missing out there, we can help them. Do you know, genuine conversion, when people become Christians, that should lead to change. Zacchaeus became generous when Jesus came into his life. Other people changed in different ways. I changed and I didn't even know I changed. People at work said to me, you're different. What's happened to you? Something's happened. And as I was able to share, look, I've become a Christian. But too often we see no evident change in somebody's life. They might pray a sinner's prayer, but there's no change. And I believe that receiving the gospel is a transforming, life-altering experience. There should be a transformed life. They've maybe got the eternal life bit, but they haven't got the daily life bit. That's where we can help people. That's where we can draw their attention to this, to, to help them open the door and let Jesus in, because he is knocking. So, that's the, uh, that's the story of Zacchaeus. It's a story of genuine transformation. Think about it. This guy is he's hated, and now he's affirmed by Jesus He's gone from outcast to being in. He's called publicly a son of Abraham. He's gone from being mean to being generous. He's gone from being despised to being honoured. And that's just transformation. And how did it happen? Well, Romans 12, 2 in the Living Translation says, be transformed by changing the way you think. In, in the, the NIV, it says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The NLT says, change the way you think. Whichever way you look at it, Zacchaeus was transformed in his mind in terms of his attitude to others. He was transformed in his giving because his mind had been changed. His whole mindset was different. He became generous instead of being self-seeking. And that led on to changing character he started trying to help the poor rather than exploit the poor. That's just genuine life change. That's just fabulous. So let me give you three points to, to take away today and perhaps um, apply them in your life. Let, let me finish with these three points. Point number one, nobody who knew Zacchaeus would have expected that change that day, well, he obviously didn't expect it, but nobody, nobody would have expected it. Nobody who knew him thought for a minute anything like that could happen. And that shows us that no one, no one is beyond the reach of God. Even the despised tax collectors and sinners, nobody's beyond the reach of God. There might be somebody you know who you think they'll never be a Christian in a million years. Well, there's hope for them because of Zacchaeus. Maybe you've prayed for somebody for years and nothing's ever happened. Well, be encouraged. This can happen. Mike Hughes prayed for somebody for, I think, about 40 years before the person became a Christian. Let the story of Zacchaeus encourage you to pray again. Because And remember, that's why Jesus came. Verse 10 says, he came 
to seek and save the lost. He's still seeking. He's still saving. We can still help him. So don't stop praying. Let's press on and, and see a transformed life or see a life that gets transformed. The second takeaway is this. Zacchaeus didn't change because people ranted at him. He didn't change because he was despised. He didn't change because he was badly treated. He didn't change because he was confronted. He didn't change because people disapproved of him. These are all the things we do routinely, by the way. He didn't change because of any of that. He changed because someone noticed him. Someone gave him time. Someone showed him love. What happened was then his, his house was open to Jesus. His heart was open to Jesus. His life was open to Jesus and he got transformed. So let's love like Jesus. Notice, give people time, show them love. Let's love like him. And as we do that, he transforms our lives as well as their lives. That's the second point. The third point and my last point today in closing is this. Picking up again on Revelation 3.20. Jesus is still standing at the entrance to lives. He's still asking to come in. So what about you? Do you need to move from trusting him for eternal life to trusting him daily for daily life? Can I urge you, my prayer today is, would you open the door and let him in? Revelation 3.20 tells us, he says, I'm, I'm knocking at the door. I'm knocking at the entrance to your life. Will you open the door and let me in? Let's do that. Let's let him in. His promise is if we do, he'll fellowship with us. The, the, the Bible says you'll have a meal with us, which in their culture meant he'll become your friend. My, my friends today, let's do that. Let's Jesus into our lives. 